Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus, this pre-Easter message. You don't want to miss it today, and I pray that you won't miss it, that you will take time out of the busyness of your life uh, to to just settle but down, settle back if you can, if you can take a break and get you a cup of coffee, a glass of <laughs> iced tea, amen, and just uh, just settle back. You can even have a Pepsi or a Coke if you want to, whatever you enjoy, uh, that you can just sit back with us and get into the Word of God today as we get ready to celebrate the greatest Christian Holy Day, not holiday, but Holy Day. You know, the world would like to turn all the Christian holy days into secular holidays. But this is a holy day so unique to Christianity, so critical to the Christian faith that we want to discuss today the results of the resurrection of our Savior, the result of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Just before we go to God's Word today, uh, I would like to invite you to come to our website once again. There are many editions of Let's Talk About Jesus. They are all timed. They're all 30 minutes long, and they are uh, really great for devotionals or for Bible study, uh, just to gather around the Word of God. Some years ago, I got a letter uh, from uh, Kentucky, and it said, did you know that you are ministering in the jail system? I, I will date how many years it's been since that letter because they talked about the video, the audio tapes. Uh, there was, they wanted a prison ministry, a jail ministry, uh, but they didn't have uh, anyone qualified to bring the message, but they wanted to get the gospel to those behind bars in, in, in a city in Kentucky. Uh, and, and so we got the, we got the, the letter in the mail. Uh, dear Pastor Venable, did you know that you are ministry in the jail system here in Kentucky? And I, of course, had no idea what they were talking about. And then they explained it. They said, we take a boombox and we take a tape of your ministry and we play it and at the end of the tape we make an altar call and we give an invitation and people who want to come to Christ we pray with them and we counsel with them so you are ministering here in the jail system in Kentucky in this particular town and I thought Lord thank you so very very much for taking your word and getting it where you want it to be and taking a ministry that is Christ-centered. We're not denominationally centered. We're, we, we, we're part of Independent Assemblies of God International, a fellowship of independent ministries worldwide. Have been in good standing since 1970. Four, but we're part of something bigger than an organization or a fellowship or a denomination. We're part of the great company within the kingdom of God that is preaching the gospel of the kingdom to the nations of the world. And we link arms and hearts with every Bible-based 
organization denominations that declaring the gospel of Christ to the nations of the world. Praise God and right here in America. Just want you to know our vision, our view, and how that uh, we are feeling that great sense of camaraderie with those who are staying true to the truth of the gospel in this day when there's so much um, so much controversy and so much compromise. Uh, thank God for every Bible-believing, Bible-teaching ministry that is reaching the world with the gospel because the scripture is very clear when this gospel of the kingdom is preached into all the world, then shall the end come. Well, we're part of that process, and we're glad to be right here in on WMAF, right there in Madison, North Florida, South Georgia, right here on our website, wherever you're hearing this. Uh, if you're connected to the World Wide Web, you could be hearing this broadcast anywhere in the world, and we thank you so much. And we want to get into our message today. Uh, and uh, just let you know that we are committed to be faithful. Pray for, pray for every gospel minister and ministry that we will stay the course, that we will stay true to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we will stay and stand true to the inerrant inspired word of almighty God and preach the Bible as it's written. Hallelujah. Because there is where we were going to find our rock of stability in these shifting sands of time that we are living in right now. Listen to me very carefully today. We're going to talk about in this pre-resurrection Sunday uh, message, something so fantastic and so wonderful that happened in Jerusalem over 2,000 years ago, but it's still impacting the world in the 21st century. And it wasn't the virgin birth of our Savior as wonderful and, and, and as impacting as it was that this, this little 16-year-old girl, they, they, they believe she was around that age, uh, became uh, pregnant without knowing a man intimately because she carried a, the most precious gift of God to mankind, and that is the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But that wasn't the event that that was more important uh, at all. It wasn't even the crucifixion, as vital as it is to our sins being forgiven. Without the shedding of blood, clearly there's no sacrifice for sin. Without the birth of our Savior, this pure, pure Lamb of God that would be able to be accepted as an acceptable sacrifice. Even the virgin birth or the crucifixion does not stand where this event stands. For without this event, both Christmas and Calvary would be long forgotten. If death could hold its victim, Jesus Christ, his sacrifice was not accepted. His mission would have failed. So the most important event in human history is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. And this is a, a confirmation because it testifies of the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only God could say in Second John 2 and verse 19, 
destroy this temple, speaking of his body, and in three days I will raise it up. Romans 1, 4 says Jesus was declared to be the Son of God by his resurrection among the dead. The deity, you see, of Christ is both actual and it is eternal. I would not want to put my faith in any other place than the true God for my salvation. Jesus has been confirmed that he is God the Son, indeed, the Messiah and the Savior. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen to the testimony of history. A Jewish historian by the name of Josephus wrote at the end of the first century A.D. in his Antiquities. And this I quote, Now there was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man, for he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as to receive the truth with pleasure. He drew over to him many Jews and also many of the Greeks. Uh, this man was the Christ. And when Pilate had condemned him to the cross upon his impeachment by the principal man among us, those who had loved from the first did not forsake him, for he appeared to them alive on the third day. The divine prophets having spoken these things and thousands of other wonderful things about him. And even now, the race of Christians so named from him has not died out. Oh, friend of mine, I want to tell you, even right now in the 21st century, this company of believers, this race of Christians <laughs> so named from him has not died out either. We are still here. He's still alive and well and coming soon. <laughs> Hallelujah. Not only is it a confirmation, but it was a declaration, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans 4 and verse 25, speaking of Jesus, the apostle Paul writes, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. You see, friend, it would be impossible to have confidence that the Father had accepted the work of Jesus on the cross had Jesus not arisen from the dead. I believe the moment Jesus cried, it is finished, that the Father fully accepted the work of the Son of God at the cross to be payment for the sins of all who would receive Jesus as their Savior. According to 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21, the work of Christ has been accepted as the means through which a poor, lost sinner can be saved. And it simply says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Did you hear it today? You can be saved. Just like I was saved in that race of, of those who are named after him, Christians were all saved. It's all because of his sacrifice for, for our sake, his substitutionary death on the cross. We have been declared righteous because of Christ's atoning sacrifice at the cross. His resurrection declares that his blood was accepted 
and we are justified and declared righteous in God's sight. Praise God. Not only did he take our filthy robes and be punished for our sins, he gave us his pure, sinless robe of righteousness that we might be clothed with it. Praise God. Romans 3, 24 through 28 declares this. Listen to it carefully. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. Did you hear that? God is not being unjust. He's not failing to punish sin as his holiness obligates him to do. He is just and a justifier. This is forensic terms. This is terms used in a courtroom. Praise God. Today you can be forgiven and you can be given a gift called the gift of righteousness and the gift of salvation from God himself. So verse 27 goes on to say, where's boasting? Then it's excluded by what law of works? Nay, but by the law of of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Hallelujah. So Romans 5 verse 1 and 2 verifies this once again. For it says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, that's that propitiation, that word you don't hear much, but it means to appease someone who is justifiably angry. And that anger against our sin because of God's holiness has been counteracted by his mercy, love, and grace, and the sacrifice of his son on the cross in our behalf. Verse 2 says, by whom we also have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Hallelujah. So we have a declaration, we have a confirmation, and we have preparation. For the resurrection has made Christ our high priest, our intercessor, our heavenly executive, and the defender of his people. Romans 8 and verse 34 says, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. You see, Christ not only delivers from bondage to sin, he also intercedes in the power of an endless life when we fail. Speaking of Jesus in Hebrews 7:16, it said of him, who, who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. Hallelujah. And in Hebrews 7, 23 through 25, it says, And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, speaking of Christ, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. 
wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost who come to God by him, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession for them. <laughs> Someone has said truly he saves from the guttermost to the uttermost. Hallelujah. Praise God for a great high priest and advocate with the Father who lives forever. He didn't just get raised from the dead to to die as a priest and, and have no successor to stand for us, but he rose from the dead to never die again. Praise God. And he ever lives to make intercession for you and for me. And all he has to do in order to do that is to display the scars in his hands, his feet, and his side. He paid the price in full so that you and I, dear friend, could be saved. This is the power and purpose of the resurrection to validate all that he taught, to validate all that he did, praise God, and to bring the realization to you and to me and number one, to realize there is pardon. A living Christ provides repentance, forgiveness, and regeneration. And secondly, not only is there pardon, there is power available. The same power that raised Jesus is available for you and for me. Listen to this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 through 20. It says, and this is a prayer of Paul for the church at Ephesus and certainly for us today that make up the ecclesia, the church, the body of Christ. He said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Oh, friend of mine, God wants us to know, not just intellectually or even by revelation alone, but by realization, the power to usward who believe, available to you and me today, who are believers in and on Jesus Christ as our Savior. Oh, friends, so many people will not accept God's invitation to come to Christ and to come to God through Christ because we don't feel like we could possibly ever live the Christian life. Oh, Paul said, it's no more I that live. It's Christ that liveth in me and therefore through me. And how does that occur because the scripture said in John's gospel, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. That's a spiritual regeneration and a spiritual reality that we have the authority. That word power there means we have the authority to become the sons of God. We're authorized to be called sons of Almighty God. And if sons of God, Paul says, then we're heirs of God and we are joint heirs with 
Jesus Christ. Oh, friend, you can't live the Christian life. I can't live the Christian life that I'm called to live unless I receive Christ just as I am and receive the gift of salvation the gift of righteousness and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And listen to what happens when that occurs in Romans 8 and verse 11. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead, oh, get this, don't miss this, dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken. Literally, that means to give life to your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. This is not the resurrection of the dead at the appearing of Christ. <laughs> Amen. This is resurrection power for those who were dead in sin and trespasses. You know, the book of Ephesians said, And you hath He quickened, given life, this resurrection life, this resurrected life, this resurrection power who were dead in trespasses and sin. Hallelujah. And third, there is prospect. He is, his rising from the dead is a guarantee that our bodies will be raised. First Thessalonians declares this in chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. Said, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, literally talking about those who are dead, that you sorrow not, even as others who have no hope. Now, I want to quote this correctly. I don't believe in telling anyone not to be heartbroken over the loss of a loved one. But we do not sorrow as those who see death as an hopeless end. In fact, we know that if that person who died was a Christian, that we have an endless hope in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Verse 14 says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Christ, in Jesus, will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these very words. If you've lost a loved one or a child that was literally below the age of accountability, that, that they, they were, would not be judged for sin because they have no sin ascribed to them. Friend of mine, I want you to know where they are today. They are with the Lord, and death did not and will not have the final victory because Jesus rose from the dead. There is a, an endless hope, not a hopeless end. Hallelujah. He proved that death couldn't hold him, and he arose physically, not spiritually. He arose in his physical body. <laughs> and there's much criticism to those who doubted the resurrection, but it was really hard to believe 
that when they saw this corpse taken down, this mangled, beaten, bloodied corpse, dead, lifeless, taken down and put into a tomb, that on the third day they saw Jesus alive and well. Amen. And when Thomas, who earned the title, Doubting Thomas, but it could be Doubting Bob and Doubting Mary and Doubting Janelle and Doubting June and and, and Doubting James and Doubting Jimmy, all of us would have a problem initially with seeing this one we saw in that condition and seeing him alive and well, praise God. But Thomas said, "I, I, I can't believe it's you. And Jesus said, then... Come and put your hand in the nail holes and put your hand in his riven side, in that hole in his side where the spear was inserted. And and Thomas saw clearly the scars and knew this is not an apparition. And Jesus said something to him. Listen to what he said. He said, come and touch me. Come and touch me. Feel me. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones that body that was put in that tomb has been resurrected from that tomb <laughs> amen and and that body though it was different but it had flesh and bone it could never age it could never die it could never get sick it could never experience pain but it had flesh and bone settles the question for me Will we know each other in heaven? Will we be some kind of disembodied spirits floating around like protoplasms in heaven? Oh, no, friend. We will be flesh and blood, flesh and bone, just like we are here upon the earth in a new body. Hallelujah. But the same body. Reek. Oh, a friend of mine, someone asked me, what about people that have, have their body is turned to dust over time or they drowned in the sea and the sea animals ate them or, you know, so many things could occur, burned up in a fire and left to ashes. Listen, God has your DNA. God has my DNA. It's not just the hairs of our head that is numbered. He knows the very chain of DNA that makes up our physical body and our appearances and our our shade of skin and color of hair and color of eyes. He's got it all. (laughs) He couldn't be God if he didn't have that kind of power and that kind of presence over you and over me. And believe me, when the trump sounds, wherever I am, I'm going to be reconstituted. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. You know what Job said when his wife said, won't you curse God and die? (laughs) This is the last straw, Job. You've lost so much. How can you keep believing? And he said, I know my Redeemer lives. And at the last day, he's going to stand upon the earth. And when he stands up, I'm going to stand up with him. (laughs) He he said, though the skin worms eat my flesh from my bones, though I die and go to the dust. He said, when he stands up, I'm going to stand up. And in my body, in my flesh, I'm going to see the Lord. Hallelujah. God dropped in his heart. Amen. A revelation of the resurrection of the Redeemer, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Wherefore, 
comfort one another. If you believe that Jesus died and rose again, then you believe that your loved ones will rise and that you will rise. And the greatest thing about heaven, friend, believe it or not, is not going to be the holy city as beautiful and wonderful as it is. The greatest thing about heaven is going to be the reunion that occurs when we get there with those who have preceded us in Christ, who have died in Christ. Hallelujah. There's going to be a great getting up morning. And when it occurs in heaven, we will live with him. And when he comes back to this earth, we'll come with him. And we will live here on this planet. It'll be heaven on earth because we'll be with him and with them, those that we have loved so much here forever and ever age without end wherefore comfort one another with these words this resurrection Sunday get up go to a church in your neighborhood go to your home church get out and go to church and celebrate the greatest event in all of human history the resurrection of Jesus Christ Oh, we love you today, friends. Would you come back next week right here on WMAF and let's talk about Jesus.